new CFP rankings, the Big Ten Championship game, and Beyonce Knowles. All that and more coming up next on Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome back to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 14. Um, Wow, what a week this week, man. We got a ton of stuff to talk about. We got recruiting stuff going on. We got Big Ten Championship stuff going on. We got the CFP going on. We got everything going on, and uh, I'm pumped about it. How are you feeling, Davis? Uh, I'm actually finally excited again to watch some football because... Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like we we had a couple games at the beginning of the year, then we were off a game, then we were on a game, then we were off a game, and then we're off another game. And I mean, the last time we saw a football game was against Michigan State, and the time before that was over a month ago. So we've literally watched them play one time in the last four weeks. So uh, I'm just excited to see them finally get back on the field and do something. Me too, man. And the talk around town is that there's just a newfound, a newfound hope, a newfound. Uh, swagger going on over at Ohio State right now and I think that's going to play big for us this weekend I really think um, that we're going to see a different Buckeye team a different enthusiasm from a Buckeye team than we've seen so far this year yeah and I mean I think they've even made it readily uh, aware that they need to win this game big now do I think they need to no Um, I think you know a win is going to be enough but they're all on, under the assumption that they're going to have to completely blow this team out. And I think that, you know, I'm not necessarily saying we're going to a wide open playbook, but you're, you're going to see a lot more aggressive team than we've probably seen all year long because they realize that, you know, win and probably in and win big. And I think that's going to pretty much, you know, wrap it up. So uh, I'm excited. I'm really excited to see them play. Well, it's funny you said that. That, that kind of leads us into our first thing we want to talk about, which is the which is the release of the CFP uh, rankings here yesterday. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there, and we're going to go through the rankings here in a second, but there, there's a lot of people out there who think it's a distinct possibility if we don't win big that Texas A&M could possibly jump us. How do you mm-hmm. feel about that? No, well, first of all, there was no change in the top five. Um, and I think maybe the bigger story was Florida having a bad loss and only dropping one spot, which is kind of laughable because then people are thinking oh well you know if they're just at seven then now they clearly still have a path to get in if they beat alabama so far there's never been a two loss team that's made it in and i don't think it's going to happen this year with the small exception of maybe clemson but i think i don't i think clemson loses i don't think they're in either my take is i think that texas a&m has no shot unless ohio state loses none unless uh, i think their only other shot would be if clemson loses and kind of loses handily then i think they're in but they have no path through ohio state as long as ohio state wins the game we could win by one and ohio state is still going to be in because so, they for, listen so they, they've had, they've had plenty it. of opportunities to put texas a&m ahead of ohio state and they haven't done it and texas a&m isn't playing any more games so i don't care how bad ohio state even struggles in the game as long as they win the game texas a&m is not going to overtake them well, I wanted to say this before we get too deep in. For those of you that don't know or didn't watch, when the CFP came out, it went Alabama 1, Notre Dame 2, Clemson 3, Ohio State 4, Texas A&M 5, Iowa State moved up to 6 at 8-2, and two. Uh, Florida dropped down to number 7 at 8-2, and two. Georgia at uh, number 8, 
seven and two. And the reason I'm going down this far is because I want to get to this next one. Cincinnati undefeated eight and zero at number nine. I just kind of wanted to touch on that a minute because I thought it was really interesting what the committee did with Cincinnati. Talk about a, a lack of respect for a team um, to have a two-loss Georgia, a two-loss Florida, and a two-loss Iowa State, who I got to be honest, man, they don't toot my horn very much. I really don't think Iowa State's as good as everybody thinks they are. But they got all three of those ranked above Cincinnati, uh, who's 8-0, and looked great in every showing they've had so far this year. I know they haven't played in the last couple of weeks, but they still look a lot better than two-loss Iowa State, in my opinion. Well, the the committee kind of, you know, I guess, you know, kind of showed one thing and then did another. Like, they're not really penalizing Ohio State for missing games, but they're turning around and penalizing um, Cincinnati for missing games because they missed uh, two weeks ago and dropped a spot, and then they missed last week and dropped another spot. And then I'm looking at the teams that are ahead of them. I mean, obviously, Iowa State at number six, but they have a bad loss against Louisiana at the beginning of the year. You know, and that's an uh, that's a you know a group of five team that was ranked for a little bit, but I mean they're they're not a great great team. Like that would still be kind of a bad loss. Then you have Florida, which uh, lost to a three and five uh, LSU team that got completely waxed by Alabama. So that's a bad loss. Uh, I've said Georgia. It from the Georgia is the Florida. Florida's not a good football team. I've said that from the beginning. Well, they're I th- an I average they're to good. slightly th- above average team. I think they're a good football team, but I think that's kind of what Florida has been ever since Urban Meyer's left. Is they've been like a nine and three, ten and two kind of team, but they're also not winning. You know, the, the SEC championship, and they're just you know they're 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 a top twenty team, maybe top fifteen, but they're not a they're not a top ten or definitely not a top five in my opinion either because they they just I don't know they don't do it for me you know like they that they. they it, of course, Kyle Trask was putting up like, you know, a ton of numbers and they said, oh, well, he's going at a higher rate than Joe Burrow was last season, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, you're taking off a small sample size. And then now that you're starting to add more games, you're starting to see it kind of, you know, level out like the law of averages starting to show that they're just not as, you know, they're not a playoff team. I mean, that's ultimately what we're trying to say here is they're not a playoff team, even if they were to beat Alabama, which is not going to happen, but they're not a playoff team. And See, I would I would I would take it even farther. Not only are they not a playoff team, I don't think they're a, I don't see them as a really a top 10 team. I don't. I, I don't see them. I look at a lot of these matchups in here that I'm looking at in the top 10 right now. And honestly, I don't know how many they'd be favored in or how many they'd really win. Yeah. I mean, they're just they're they're just an average football team, in my opinion. I would take uh, I, I'll be honest, man. I believe this year in Cincinnati. I really do. Do I think they're going to go out there and, and beat a top four team, top five team? No. Mm-mm. But do I think that they would compete with uh, Texas A&M, Florida? And I think that they would hand Iowa State there. You know what? Um, I agree with that. That's just and my I, honest opinion. I agree. I agree. And maybe it's a little bit of homerism because, you know, Cincinnati is kind of like, you know, the little step stepbrother. But still, you know, we, we, we support the teams in Ohio. And as long as they're not playing us or don't affect us, you know, we, we think highly of Cincinnati and we think highly of Luke Fickle. And, you know, they've done a great job this year. And, you know, even though they play in the group of five, they've played some really good matchups. The, you know, it, it'd be different if these teams in front of them that have one and two losses, if those losses were like legit. But you have bad losses in front of them, like bad. And yeah. yet, 
they have multiple losses and still in front of them. That's what I can't wrap my head around, you know, and, you know, I understand to the committee. The big thing with Ohio State is that they pass the eye test. They pass the eye test big time because they're willing to overlook the the missed games. There's something with Cincinnati where they're not as much passing the eye test for them, which is why they're being penalized for missing those games. Uh, I don't agree with it. Um, but unfortunately, I think that's just kind of the way the committee is viewing this thing. What do you think? It is. I, I just thought that they, they made a really good stance to me. So here has always been my beef with the CFP. It has always been my beef is that they, when they make these moves, they make statements. Okay, so now what you're telling me is if you're a team like a Cincinnati, if you're a team like a Houston, like a UCF or or a South Florida or somebody like that, that comes in here, even if you wax everybody and you're 8-0, you're still not going to be considered. You're not going to be considered, even over teams that have lost two games. You know, so how can you as a kid that's making a decision on going to a college and you know what, maybe you're good enough to maybe see some playing time, but maybe you're not going to be a starter at a big time power five conference school but you know you're going to start at Cincinnati. Why the heck would you ever go there if you want to play for a title? Why would you ever? Because you don't even have a chance. Which that leads me into, there's two There's two ways that the group of fives need to go from here. Like either the playoff needs to go to uh, eight and have all five conference champs in, uh, one group of five and two at large to give, you know, your New Year's Day team that from the past, you know, that typically gets that New Year's Day bowl, get them a spot in the playoff. And I mean, it would be a blast to watch that, but I don't see that happening at least for a while. So then the group of five needs to kind of create their own, maybe, you know, their own four team playoff or something like that, because that would be something that I would still watch and it would give them some legitimacy, um, to feel a lot more free to schedule outside of their conference, but it wouldn't kill their chances for their own um, playoff, you know, so that the little guy can still schedule the big guy and, you know, get a little bit of a payday in that. Um, But they can also, you know, still have hope for, because at this point, you know, a group of five team has to play a perfect season and then they have to have a lot of help. And even still, that's probably not going to be enough. And I mean, they're, they're, it's razor thin on any chance to get in that it's just almost apparent now that they're never going to get, you know, the recognition to get in. And I would like to see some of those teams in there. I think in a, in a given year, especially in a one game, anything can happen in one game. And I think it would be exciting to watch. I mean, I would definitely be interested in, in, you know, that kind of being the format. But I think they just kind of need to create their own thing if we don't go to an 18 playoff. They got to do something. Um, You know, they just I think it's just not fair, to be totally honest with you. And you know what? Maybe, like you said, nine times out of ten, these these kids are not, you know, they're not going to be as good. They're not going to have the talent level of an Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson. But at the same point in time, you never know, man. I mean, how many times did we watch Gonzaga, you know what I mean, in the NCAA tournament go deep and everybody's like, who the hell is Gonzaga? You know what I mean? But well, Gonzaga, the, you know, yeah, Gonzaga kind of got built from almost nothing and now they're a powerhouse and they didn't even, I mean, I, I think they switched conferences in basketball, but they're still not in a, you know, a power five. Right. But basketball, but, you know, you just, but, but, but basketball's different because the little guy gets included in that. So... That that's kind of irrelevant because basketball is completely different. Like anyone, but it is, but it isn't. D one can point. get in. My point and, is that if they got a chance to get in, they might ruin some people's day. That's my point. That's why I compared it to the basketball tournament. Okay, I get that, and and, you know and what that's mean? what I want to see. I mean, that's why for me, besides college football, the, the next best thing to watch is March Madness. 
You know, there, there, it's not a better thing sports related for me, at least for my, you know, my interest and what excites me, uh, besides college football and the playoff and all that, it would definitely be March Madness. And it's because the little guys get in there and because you get to see these Cinderella runs like that would be great to see that for college football, but they're never going to get a chance. I know. Sad, but true. Well, well, I got I, I I I have one more pet peeve about the CFP, and I've got to bring it up because it bothers more? me. I have yes. a ten more. Well, go on. <laughs> listen, okay, I I will acknowledge that the the college football playoff committee most of the time has been favorable towards Ohio State. Uh, there was one year that we won the Big Ten with two losses, and Alabama got in over us with one loss and no, didn't even make it to the SEC championship game. But we also kind of got the same thing that helped us out when Penn State won the Big Ten, and they beat us, but we only had one loss, which was to them, and they had two losses, and we went over them. So I'm not as big on that. My problem is this, is this SEC view with the CFP that you're constantly having three to four teams in the top 10 or more, at least two in the top four the majority of the time. And it seems like when you lose to another SEC team, every SEC team you lose to is considered a good loss. You know, you're not really penalized, but if Ohio State were to lose to another Big Ten team, it was considered a bad loss. If Ohio State had two losses, we wouldn't even be in the top 10. No, no, not at all. And you have, what, three... SEC teams in the top 10 with two losses and I got two or three Texas A&M Texas A&M is a question mark for me they're a question mark could they be good yes do I think they're that good no Florida is definitely not that good Alabama's Alabama they're always good I I understand that but I'm just saying they carry way too much weight and I don't understand why Texas A&M right now first of all I don't even want to talk about they're talking about people talking about Texas A&M at jumping Ohio State Ohio State would absolutely destroy Texas A&M. It wouldn't even be a game. It'd be we'd have we would have second string in by the third quarter. I'd say the line on that game would be probably about nine or ten. And I and personally, I don't think it would be that close. No way. It's it, no way. People have lost their mind in SEC country. I, I don't understand what it is. Is Alabama a great football team? Yes. Do I want to play them? No, I do not. Not every single turd you uncover turds to gold. Okay. It's God, not that I, it's not that easy. I've never found one that's turned to gold, to be honest with you. Well, keep digging, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> eh, not ideal. Not ideal. <laughs> well, going back to the first point you made about how, you know, I think we're really going to start seeing some from Ohio State. I think a lot of people are sleeping on Ohio State this year because they're not seeing a bunch of games, because they haven't had that big matchup, uh, because they haven't really put everything all together yet. So I think everyone's just kind of looking at this right now like Alabama is just light years ahead of everyone and they're going to destroy everyone. And that may come to fruition and be true, but I just have this feeling like Ryan Day knows what kind of team he had. Like even going into the season, he said this is a once in a generation kind of team he felt like he had. And even though we've not necessarily put everything together yet, we're still winning almost every single game handily. And you know what, dude? That's a good point. And honestly, that's a great segue into uh, what Ryan Day has been doing on the recruiting trail. Because, man, it today, if you didn't know, was National Signing Day, and it was a dandy for Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, there are actually no surprises, uh, good or bad, uh, at least at this point. We kind of got everyone we thought we were going to have, which, you know, depending upon which rankings you're looking at, we're either like number two or number three, and we're really not that far behind number uh, 
number one, which of course is Alabama. But um, we definitely got some key players in there. And I think the the lead part of it is Kyle McCord, who is a five-star quarterback from Pennsylvania. And he will be coming in. And from my understanding, Ryan Day is going to give him the uh, chance to compete uh, immediately with C.J. Stroud and um, Miller um, to give him a chance, uh, Jack Miller, to give him a chance to even start. Um, running back, we got another dandy. Um, we have a five-star coming in at Travion Henderson, who, in my opinion, uh, I think he's going to be special. Um, last five-star running back, I believe we got might have been Beanie Wells. But this kid, uh, he's not overly big. I think he's like, you know, maybe six foot and barely 200 pounds. But, you know, in our with, you know, with our weightlifting program at Ohio State, like he's he's going to bulk up. Uh, and of course, we're getting just tons of five star wide receivers and um, key defensive hey, can, players. Can we give a shout out to Brian Hartline real quick, man? This guy is he's a monster, dude. I don't know what he's selling. I don't know what he's selling, dude, but I, I'm buying. Yeah, uh, he actually he's like in the running for some sort of coaching award. And I think he's the only nominated or you know, has a chance to win that is not an actual offensive or defensive coordinator. Uh, he's the only one on the list. And I think a lot of it has to do with what they're seeing he's doing with the, the wide receivers and what he's doing in the recruiting trail, which, again, worries me because I feel like we're going to lose him for to another school for um, a coordinating position. Because, I, I mean, where's he going to go to Ohio St- at Ohio State? Like, he's not, probably not going to overtake Kevin Wilson. Uh, as offensive coordinator, um, unless they make him co-coordinator and kind of keep him in waiting in case, you know, they get rid of Kevin Wilson. But I think, I, they I, should. I, I think he deserves it. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously with all the COVID stuff going on, I know uh, right now coaches are taking pay cuts, you right. know, at, at the big schools. Uh, there was an article in it. I think that the that the Ohio State coaches took a, a, a voluntary pay cut here recently to try to help out the university a little bit. So I know things are tight right now, but I think when things turn back around, we should absolutely take care of him. He's obviously taking care of us. Yeah, yeah. I think Brian Hartline needs to stay on staff somehow, and I don't know what it takes, but I would pay that guy. I would definitely pay him. Hey, so you're, you're definitely up there in Columbus, and you like to go watch the high school games, even though you didn't really get much of a chance this year. But from uh, Pickerington, Jack Sawyer, that was yeah. another big signee that we got. He's five-star defensive end, and uh, he's going to be sick. Uh, they're almost kind of they're making comparisons like the Bo- like the Bosa brothers. Absolutely. So I did get to catch a couple of his games um, on the local TV and also um, on Facebook Live. The, the, it was terrible because of COVID this year, and you know me and my dad and everybody like to go check, catch a high school game a week, especially towards the playoffs. But it just didn't work out this year with the COVID. But everybody was Facebook living everything, so I did get to see quite a bit uh, of him. And dude, he looks amazing. Yeah, I think he's going to be special. And you know what? It it kind of makes me feel good because you know you you and I come from a high school that was very enriched in college football prospects. Oh yeah. You know we've had people. You know we had Lance Moore that went to our high school, and we've had got you know a lot of guys that went to Andy Katzenmoyer, Andy Katzenmoyer, Carter, uh, Brandon Joe, Brandon Joe. uh, You know quite a bit of things. So it really warms my heart to see kids around the 270 belt here still getting to live the dream and go play for the Buckeyes. Jalen Gill, even though he transferred, but he was he was a hell of a player. For Westerville South, um, yeah, that was our high school, and even like we we even did really well with our DB um, recruiting and we got several four star guys that they're comparing already to like Damon Arnett and Gary on Conley um, and even Von Bell, like, you know, just some athletes that kind of sure up that defensive backfield that uh, I think the, 
you know, is probably the weakest part of the team right now, but I think that's going to develop back. And then one that's personal favorite of mine is the linebacker coming in, uh, Reed Carrico. Um, they're already kind of seeing he might be like another James Laurinaitis kind of player. Uh, real tough. He, you know, he played both ways in, in high school. He also ran the ball. But he went to Ironton, which is just across the river from where I live in Ashland. And uh, the high school or the, you know, the district I teach in, we play their high school all the time. I've seen this kid and man, he's got it. He's got an engine and a motor on him and a drive and a competitiveness that, you know, uh, he's going to be special. And the beauty is I think at least half these recruits are early enrolling. So they'll be on campus in January. It cannot go unnoticed the kind of job that Ryan Day is doing because we, I think it was kind of the question mark in a lot of people's minds. Everybody loves Ryan Day. Everybody loves his attitude and kind of his swagger and the way that he, that he brings himself in. But you know what? Everybody had to have a little bit, even if you're 99% sure. There's always that 1% where you're like, man, can he really keep this thing going? And I think he really went out to prove a point this year and saying, yes, I can and I will. Right. This is his full first full recruitment class because last year's recruits that came in were kind of urbans. And then like they kind of confirmed saying, hey, you know, uh, urban kind of tried to help him with recruiting, saying, listen, you know, nothing's going to change with the program. It's still in good hands. You know, this is. Ryan Day's first attempt to try to get out of urban shadow a little bit and say, hey, listen, I'm going to bring these players in and I'm going to win with my own recruits in the way that I do things. And we're having some of the best recruiting classes that we've ever had. And I think the biggest thing that I I wouldn't say goes unnoticed because it's pretty obvious, but we are recruiting so well outside of Ohio right now that we're pulling in. And the other thing, too, is like our recruits are helping. You know, if you get on Twitter, you'll watch our recruits that are actually helping the recruiting and trying to get these other big guys to come there as well. Well, yeah, and you know what? If Ohio State's pulling number one quarterbacks, automatically they're going to pull number one receivers. Yeah, guys want to catch the ball from the best quarterback. Yeah, and plus, I mean, it never hurts for the brand name and for the fact that we continue to develop, uh, you know, pro level talent at the NFL level. So, so let's get into this game this weekend. Yeah, um, that's what I'm getting ready to say. Yeah, let's get into the game this weekend. Um, Big Ten championship game against Northwestern. And I'll be perfect. You know, I want to hear what your opinion is on it first. I got to be honest, dude. Um, a wise man once told me, or actually a wise woman, uh, I don't think you're ready for this jelly. Um, and I think that's <laughs> the story <laughs> for Northwestern. Because I'm telling you what, like like I was saying earlier, this is a this is a revamped team. This is a reborn team, and they know what people are saying about them. And they've done nothing for the last couple of weeks except read this crap. And if you don't think it's posted up in the locker room, you're wrong. These kids read. Every kid in America has a phone, and they're reading every article that includes their name in it. You can bet it. And I think they're going to come out this weekend. You know, we we even discussed uh, doing prop bets this week, but we decided not to do prop bets. In the fact that I think Davis may align with me in this, I think we're absolutely going to throttle Northwestern. Yeah, I, I think I think Northwestern, and I think they know it too. I think Northwestern at this point, the coach is probably looking at them saying, "Boys, let's just see if we can get everybody back, you know, back on the bus to to make it home." Like, you know, we don't want anyone getting severely injured. You know, we don't want to leave anyone behind. Like, let's just make sure that we we come out, we play hard, we feel proud of ourselves, and we get back on that bus because Ohio State's twenty point favorite probably, and I'd I think we're going to win the game by probably at least thirty. You know, we'll get into our score predictions here in a little bit, but you know. The funny thing is that Northwestern doesn't have the greatest offense, and a lot of their games, 
they're not averaging a ton of points, but they're like their defense, especially their passing defense is like only giving up on average, like 6.5 yards per attempt, which is like stupid good for, for a, a passing defense. Ohio state, I think averages close to, you know, 10, almost 11 yards uh, per attempt. So you got to think too, the teams that, uh, Northwestern had played, you know, how many of them were really good passing offenses? I mean, you might say maybe Wisconsin. Ultimately, you know, I, I think of the selection size too and the way their defense is. I'd say they have a solid defense, and, you know, it's not like we're going to score on every play, but I don't see them doing much in our defense. Um, and I see that, you know, over the entire span of a game, we're going to put up at least 40 plus. So I see this, you know. Well, give me a score, man. Don't put, Don't leave me in suspense. I, I'm feeling something along the lines of like a 52 to 14. Wow. That's kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. That's literally like was going to say 52, 17. Well, you're a copycat and you also have learned that I've not lost a prop bet all year. So you're probably finally starting to listen to me. Whoa, 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 whoa. I was already thinking it before you said it. They know copycat about it. Well, there, you have no proof that you were thinking that before you said it. So I have to assume that you, you have no copying. proof I wasn't. I don't have to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> I came out with my answer first. You're the one who has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. Either way, your argument would not hold in a court of law. So I'll just leave it there. There's a but lot that we do that wouldn't hold up in a court of law. There's a lot that would end, end up putting us behind bars. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Either way, we both think uh, Northwestern's going to get it this weekend. Um you know, we had an episode last week. We talked about everything that happened with the Big Ten Championship game and how I felt about it and kind of where I was sitting. After I got a chance to process that, you know, at the end of the day, we are playing football. We're playing for a Big Ten title and possibly playing for a national championship. And if you can't get excited about that, you're not a true Ohio State football fan. So Davis and I will be together this weekend, which we're pretty excited about. Finally, you know? We're finally going to do this other video episode we've been talking about, which you definitely need to tune in because uh, uh, Chad probably needs to start doing some push-ups before he has to uh, pay up on this prop bet that he has lost from the Michigan State game. It's not going to happen. I like beer and wings, and I'm going to keep on liking beer and wings. Okay? <laughs> That's just the way it goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but well, I am a man of my word, out. so I will, be doing, uh, I will be doing what is owed. Uh, this weekend, like you're going to be catching uh, up on several prop bets this weekend. I mean, I got dinner coming. I'm bringing the golf clubs, not because we're playing, but because you're going to wash them. <laughs> <laughs> like they'll be in the trunk of the car, and then I'll, I'll take them right on back. Wash the clubs during halftime. That's yeah, it's whatever thing. it takes. Hey, and remember, did you buy the Evian bottle water? I did, although for some reason it's yellow tinted. I can't figure out why. But I will be living up to it this weekend. Like I said, we're excited to do the video podcast. Uh, we really enjoyed it. And you guys did too last time. Uh, it was one of our more popular uh, podcasts. So stay tuned for that. And um, also, do not judge me for the shirt that I will be wearing on the podcast. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. And my answer is, please judge him. Judge him harshly. Because Judge it is well-deserved. You, you you lose a prop bet to the magnitude. He loses a prop bet in that game. He deserves what he has coming to him. Listen, I feel like God's been telling me that for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Well, either way, like I said, we're excited for this weekend. Make sure you tune in. Make sure you check us out. And, uh, Davis, tell them where they can find us. Yeah. Um, again, you can find us on uh, YouTube. We post our... Uh, 
uh, podcasts on there. And then, of course, you can listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and iTunes. And also, uh, I just want to say both uh, Chad and I uh, really appreciate the support that we're starting to get. Uh, we got uh, our fan page is growing on Facebook. Uh, if you haven't already, definitely make it over to uh, Facebook and like the page because we also put more information on there. Uh, and then we're also, you know, starting to build some newer bigger and better things so be on the lookout for some new stuff upcoming but uh, we appreciate the sport we hope you like what you hear and as always go bucks oh h